Stephen, I've got the weight of the world of supporting You Can't Disappoint a podcast on my shoulders, and I thought maybe, just maybe, to lighten the load on my back, we could give our fellow listeners and enjoyers of You Can't Disappoint a podcast some ways to help us out. What do you think? Well, I'm not normally in the habit of lightening the load on your back, but, you know, if people want to help us, they sure can. How can they do that, Zach? The first way is to support us on Patreon. If you like what we do here and want to help us take it further and get all kinds of extra content, give us money at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. If you don't want to bear the brunt of our debt, you can appreciate the fruit that we bear to you by going and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Yelp, Google Chrome podcast <laughs> reviewer or whatever you can. And that's going to help us get seen. And the more people see us, the more that we want to be seen and the more that we see you. You can also hang out with us on social media every week over on Facebook, Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast, and Twitter at You Can't Disappoint. Also, go ahead and give a subscribe and thumbs up to our YouTube channel where we also post the podcast every week. If you want to hold our hands as we walk down this community memory lane, you should shoot us an email over at Can't Disappoint Podcast at gmail.com. You can send us your MVP, your favorite funniest moment, and trivia for the episode we're about to record, and we'll read it live on the air. Yeah, we don't do the show live, but nice try, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for supporting us, and let's get into this week's podcast. student who's been at Greendale for over a decade. I, I think I've earned the right to say a few final words. Yeah. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Let's burn this mother down! Steven, it's early. I'm still sleepy. It's earlier than when we usually do this, isn't it? Cock-a-doodle-doo, Zach, or as the roosters say in Mexico, kiki-dee-dee. I just, I really needed a worm today, so I, I, I tried to be as early a bird as possible. Yeah, I'm over here drenched in worms, and let me tell you, not as, not all it's cracked up to be. So we're coming at you the day after we typically do a show because Steven was a sick little boy yesterday. It's true. He I, uh... got that delta. He got you know. that da 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 Delta. Da, 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 he da. doesn't. He doesn't have COVID. I had Delta as in a really shitty airplane of a. As in food poisoning from a yeah. Delta flight. <laughs> uh, yeah, but nobody's today, made that joke yet, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had a bit of a sore throat. So if you hear me sounding like I, uh, I don't know, have a sore throat. That's why. <laughs> well, how are those pipes feeling? How are we get those those angelic pipes? We got to have them wet and whistled for the podcast. How are those pipes doing at this time? You know, I'm not saying that Mario and Luigi are going to come hopping up and down my throat anytime soon. Um, <laughs> that's right. Chris Pratt and Charlie Day will oh, be here yeah. live from Steven's throat. That um, sure is who's Mario and Luigi, huh? <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Huh. Um, 
Uh, yeah, they're all right. I might need to take a few more water sips than normal, but sure. But I think my raspy timbre and my warm, welcoming sound will still be there like always for those who are just nestled up next to a warm fire with a cup of warm theraflu in their Jesus in their world's greatest uncle mug. There just kept being more to that <laughs> analogy. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. We're very glad that you joined us. I hope that your uh, energy levels are rising as are ours. I'm one of your hosts, Zach, and this podcast is now a division of Trobed Records. I'm Steven, and I, too, would like to die as I lived in a fiery meth lab explosion. How you doing, buddy? Hey, buddy. I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm glad to be doing this. Glad to be talking about some community it's so crazy how close to the end of season three we are yeah we're like we're we're knock knock knocking mm-hmm. on Deanvin's door mm-hmm. sure or no actually he'd say knock knock knocking on heaven's dean that'd be even better that was better welcome yeah. to the show everyone you Can can't you disappoint a podcast so is back first. no oh no i definitely <laughs> don't cut anything that makes me look better sure sure right Right. Welcome to the show, everyone. We're glad you're here. You can't disappoint a podcast. You can't stop us. You can't stop us. You just can't. Can't stop. Won't stop. The Delta We've been didn't asked stop several us. Several times. Stevens in the ICU on a child on a children's <laughs> on ventilator a right now. Yes. I'm sitting on top of a, the the hospital beds here. Are so crowded, they've started stacking, um, <laughs> and I'm currently on top of a seven year old named yeah. Jonathan. Yeah. Say hi, Jonathan. Wow. Jonathan's not going to make it to Christmas, but that's okay. Well, and if you want this keep, show, sure will. How's whether going, or not Zach? Steven makes it to Christmas, <laughs> just keep on listening week after week. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm better than Jonathan, that's for sure. Yeah, that's true. We got to start off the top of the show by shouting out our $10 and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Pop quiz, Steven, do you know who the three are? Uh, yeah, we've got Brian Thurman. Yes. We've got Mary Baker Budisa. Yes. And we've got Danny M. Lugo. Yes, they are all treasured jewels in the You Can't Disappoint a Podcast crown, and all of our patrons are. They help keep this thing going. They help keep us fresh. They're paying for that ventilator that uh, that Steven needs so desperately to stay alive. <laughs> and if you'd like to help out the show, help us improve our equipment and our advertising and just in- improve our way of life in general, uh, you can support us over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. And in addition to the support, you get all kinds of extra content. Certain levels get signed community postcards from us. There's all kinds of fun stuff over there. So go check it out. And also, we have to give a shout out to the man who nursed us from his teat from toddler to high school. That is our community father at Communities on Twitter. We're very happy for the support they give us as well. I don't know how many ears would have ever found our lips if it wasn't for <laughs> daddy's teat. You know, it is a, a holy trinity, is it not? The the teat, the ears, and the lips, and ever-flowing... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know when you've got like some circle, some real sinus stuff going on. You have yeah. to go to the the teat, nose, and lips doctor. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, a 
Uh, so thanks, Pops. I want to give a shout out to Daddy. Daddy got a, a cool little day at the fair the other day where he hosted a Twitter Spaces for yeah. the 10th anniversary of Remedial Chaos Theory with uh, one Joel McHale and one Chris McKenna, the director of the episode. That was epic. That was such a cool thing for him to do. Uh, That's awesome. I really don't understand Twitter Spaces, but I was really happy for him. Is it like a, a chat room? Yeah, it's like a voice chat room. Oh. So the three of them were voice chatting as they watched the episode, and there were like something like eight or 900 people tuning into it, and oh, that's either awesome. watching along or listening to them chat, and it was, it was good old daddy and the director and star of Community. Wow. What a, what a, what a fun family time. What a fun, sexy time. <laughs> fun, sexy time. So how's your week been, Steven, since we've last gathered together, other than feeling a little bit under the weather? Anything... Anything going on in the in the life? It's been kind of a, a blur, Zach. I'm not gonna lie. I uh, well, maybe you, know, you stop taking the roofies at the beginning <laughs> and end of each day. They might forget me now. You yeah, know? They, they just they 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 help. Um, yeah, I'm uh, excited because uh, Danny will be back from Mexico tomorrow night. That's exciting. It's been a little while, so you know I've been. Uh, been cuddling a lot with you, Zach, but I'm gonna have yeah. to kick you to the wayside and cuddle on the floor with you now. So, <laughs> I get it, I get it. I do my best work on the floor anyway. Well, well, let's talk about the television program. <laughs> oh, Community. Zach, what? I have you. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. There's a little yeah. television show that's kind of popular right now. It's called The Squid Game. No, I haven't seen it, but I have seen so many memes from it mm -hmm. and also so many things discussing it that I already yeah. kind of know how it ends. Oh, that sucks ass. Not su not the the complete ending, but I, I know some things about yeah. the, the story. It looks interesting. It, it kind of reminds really me of well Battle done, Royale. Really well acted. Uh, it is like a Battle Royale, like death game type yeah. thing. Um, Did you watch the whole thing? Yeah. How many episodes is it? Nine. And, and one are of them they... is 30 minutes, and the 30-minute-long yeah. episode is probably my, f like, favorite one. It was really, really good. So it's like a half-hour show, or is no, it an No, it's hour like show? an hour normally. Okay, interesting. Yeah, There's... Netflix does that sometimes, where episodes can be anything from 20 mm -hmm. minutes to over an hour sometimes. Yeah. But it was good. Um, I would give it a solid 8.5. It borrows a lot of things from a... Popular in some circles, but not super mainstream to today's people. Anime called Kaiji. Um, it's like Ultimate Gambler or something like that. Um, but yeah, it was it was really 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 well acted. I, I have a question for you, Zach. Sure. Because Fire I feel away. like you're somebody who I generally respect your thoughts on watching things. Sure. Don't do it. That's my thoughts. Don't watch yeah. stuff. Um, a lot of people. I realize, and maybe it's surprising to me because I watch so much anime, but have been watching the like, the dub of it, so mm -hmm. which is like the English voices over sure. the Korean actors, sure, and then with English subtitles. And I don't know. I guess if it's live action, and not a 1940s Godzilla movie, it's I really really obvious. And it's yeah, and it's jarring. weird. I feel like it's unnecessary. Like we can all read. Yes, but then look at something like uh, uh, Parasite winning Best Picture, and the director of it used his Oscar speech to like call out people like 
if you guys would all like get over your fear of reading, yeah, it would it would put you into this huge world of incredible film. Yeah. Um, however, I don't watch a lot of foreign film, not necessarily because I'm averse to it, but I. Mm-hmm. Don't watch as much American film as I'd like to. I usually get hung up on TV shows. Uh, So I do kind of have that gap. I see the appeal of putting on a dub. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially animated, I could see myself doing that. Sure. I think... I think maybe if I was just like, okay, let's put on the Squid Game, and it said, do you want it in English or not in English? I would put in English, and then very quickly be put off by it. Yeah. And switch if I'm interested in watching the show. In the live action thing, because I I normally watch the like the Japanese the subbed version of anime, but sure. there's some where like I'll throw on the dub if I'm doing something or if I don't want to like pay like a hundred percent attention to it, right? Sure. But something with like live action that's like a drama like that, I feel like it it just takes away from like the really really good perf- like there are a couple scenes that I couldn't imagine like watching that scene and that actor like giving that sort of like intense performance and then over it I hear, no stop. What are you doing? Yeah. Give, give me back my thing that you took from me. Yeah. You know, because, <laughs> yeah. It makes it a little silly. Mm-hmm. I think it's I hard. even saw a YouTube video that was a little clip of the English dub or like a, a parody of the English dub or something, like making fun of how over the top it sounds. Yeah. Did you watch any of the English dub? I've seen a couple clips from it. Does it I accidentally bad? started it. Like when I started it, it like defaulted to being in English, and I was oh. like, "This is well." That's another thing. If that's how it defaults, that's probably how most people are going to see the show. I'm sure. Well, uh, the thing that I finished watching last night that I was a little bit behind on. Well, two things. Okay, I finished season two of Tuca and Birdie, uh, oh, which shoot. was on Adult Swim. Did you watch I the first season of Tuca? I and liked Birdie? the first season. I love Tuca and Birdie. I. It's in. It's very much in the same vein because it shares a lot of the same DNA with mm-hmm. BoJack Horseman, which is a show that I'm very fond of and hold very mm-hmm. close to my heart. Uh, Tuca and Birdie, I think, makes me laugh more than BoJack Horseman ever totally. did. And when it hits the emotions, it really because it's about this core friendship. Uh, it 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 pulls on a lot of heartstrings that BoJack Horseman didn't. Mm-hmm. And in really effective ways. And it's really good. And the second season of that was good. The other thing, we finished the second season of Dave. And oh. I am not a little Dicky fan. Uh, mm-hmm. Growing up, people showing me his music, people getting into him. When he was just really silly, I thought it was bad. And then when yeah. he was trying to be more serious, I also it thought it was really bad. bad. <laughs> I'm sorry to all the little Dicky fans. Uh, but I've never liked his music very much at all. And I still don't. Uh, The first season of the show I watched despite that, and I was intrigued enough to watch it, but not so blown away that it changed my opinion of him. Uh, The the second season, I think, is so much better. It's weirder, uh, it's funnier, and the, I don't know, the story, like, Dave is almost the worst character. Like, he's like an asshole to all of these great people. I don't know. I really enjoyed the the second season, and it had some really trippy moments and some. It played a lot with the, the the filmmaking of it. I guess I don't know. I can't put too many words to it. What makes it so weird? It, it just needs to be experienced. Mm-hmm. I think. I think it was pretty dang good. I'll, I'll watch it then, because I really enjoyed the first season. And I I am also somebody who is not a, a huge fan of Lil Dicky's music. I, I like him. I think he's at his best if he's, like, on the radio show freestyling. Okay. Or if he's, like, 
casually being funny. Like one of I the think first couple times I heard Philo talking, I thought it was really funny. And then I stopped thinking it was funny. And then sure. he made a whole album that was that. that. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah, sure. Well, anyway, that's enough of that. Those are all things worth checking out, I think. I, I, I probably do have to check out the Squid Game just because everybody's... It's worth a watch. It's an easy binge. Everybody's going to talk about it. Let's move into Community. We're talking about Season 3, Episode 18. It's Course Listing Unavailable, directed by the great Tristram Shapiro, who directed 24 episodes over the first five seasons. Before this, he directed Virtual Systems Analysis, which was definitely a standout from a from a director point of view. Oh, and it yeah. was written by Tim Sicardo, who only has two other writing credits on Community. Next season, he writes Economics of Marine Biology, and he also had the writing credit for Geothermal Escapism, which is Troy's last episode. Mm-hmm. And this episode originally aired on May 3rd, 2012. And let's do some trivia. Let's do it. You know, we usually record <laughs> our podcast as of right now. We record it yesterday. So let's see how how strong our mentals are on this episode with our trivia. Steven, I've got six questions for you. Wowza, I've got five, so why don't you go first? Okay, what did Starburns leave his ex-wife? Herpes. Yes. She already knew that. It's already taken care of. Um, my first one for you is what's Starburns' ex-wife's name? Ooh, I don't think I have the answer right, but the first thing that comes to mind is Sasha. Mm, you know, there are at least two letters in common. Uh, it is Magda. Yeah, I did not have that. Mm-hmm. How much does Troy's call to his pin pal cost? Ooh, that was one of my questions. Seven doll hairs. Do you want me to give you another one then? Yeah, give it to me. What Subway toppings are Leonard not interested in? <sighs> Olives. Yes. And... Onions? Yes. Good job. Good round of trivia. Yeah. Um, How much did the microphone at the funeral Mm. cost? $50. Nice. Let's see. What are the two speaking school board members named? Oh, f*** you. Well, Uh, they're recurring characters, and you can learn to know their names. But for this episode... You but I would, never have. Well, no. From this point forward in the show, I think mm-hmm. you will learn to remember their names because they're in like season five a lot. Yeah, um, they are. But in this episode, it was like written on their name placards. Uh, Peterson and Johnson. No. It's Richie and Carl. Ah. How many do you have left? I have two left. Okay. Me too. Okay. What song does Garrett sing at the funeral? Yes. Great performance by Garrett. Garrett's a, a gym. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that moment in a second. Uh, a question for you. Where do the school board members and Chang agree to meet up after the hearing? That was my last question. Rusty Bucket? Rusty Bucket? Rusty Bucket. Rusty bucket. Then my last one. How many years did Pierce spend in college? 13. There you go. Wow. I think we got 100% of questions. Did we not? I think we did. Uh... Well, you didn't know the very first one, and I well, didn't know the people's what was, names. What was it? Oh, I guess that's true. What was Magda. your first question? Magda. Okay. I just I still felt good. I felt like we that nailed a really lot solid, of That was really solid, though. Let's move on to what we were sent in for this week's episode. See uh, if this we streak continues. We've got an email from, you know what? I'm going to say the papa we're proud of, because he just mm. talked to Joel McHale. 
Um, hi guys. Very proud. This episode normally doesn't get a lot of love, but it has to do so much heavy lifting to move the story to the end game of the season. I normally just watch and let it go. Very Elsa of you, Dad. Um, <laughs> and if you want to hear me and Steven's full critical analysis of Frozen the Ride over at Disney World, you can hang out with us on You Can't Dis a Pre-Show every week at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Nice. Um, minor trivia note, that's not Danny with the yep. towel over his head. That's yep. his stand-in. Danny had to leave for the birth of his twins. That scene and another scene where Abed is present, Danny is often not. Oh. Yeah, it's fun to I'll see if I can notice. catch it now that I know. Well, one of the scenes, it's just, we'll, we'll talk about it in a second, but he's in the scene. It's just most of the scene, he's not in any of the shots. So they mm-hmm. got like the couple shots they needed of Danny, and then they filmed the rest of the scene without him and just didn't show his side of the study table in, the, in those shots. Ah. Um, my MVP is Abed. Love how this episode opens, and he casually mentions things that sound a lot like the darkest timeline. Sure. Have a good one, guys. Communities. Matt. And we Thanks, have three Father. trivia questions. Let's see how this dad. goes. Let's see if we can keep this, this role going. Okay. Um, what does Pierce want back from Starburns? His... Um, this Pierce went back from Starburns. I'm not sure. Oh, um, it was a comb, not a hairbrush. Comb. Okay, we'll see. Some one of the one of those two. Locking it a in. Comb like a hairbrush. Uh, what was Troy's pen pal's name? Uh, I think it had like May or Lay at the it was end Pai of May. it. Pi May. Pi May. Pi May or something. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go Pi May. Okay. That's. We'll see. Because I was thinking pie something, and then okay. I couldn't remember the May, and you remembered the May. So yeah, I think okay. we're going to combine them. Teamwork. And then what powers did Chang want from the Dean? I certainly don't remember all of them. Oh, wow. Uh, to declare martial law. Yeah. Um, Cavity searches, pepper spray. Uh, like, for I don't remember the wording, but it was like forever detentions. Yeah. Uh, there, um, and there was something about liquids in a three-ounce bottle. It's true. That's a lot of them, but I, it, yeah. I'm i rusty enough to not remember the whole mm-hmm. line. I did kind of All think right. about it when I watched it. Yeah, I was like, I hope nobody does that question because I sure am not going to know them. Um, okay, let's see. It was his comb that okay, Pierce wanted back from Starburns. It was Pi May, nice. the Troy's pen pal, and then it was a request for increased security, okay. cool new uniforms, yeah, we didn't power get to enact martial law, we got that, indefinite detention, okay, pepper spray, okay, involuntary cavity searches, yeah, and no soft serve. So we Which did a pretty was, good job. No soft serve was because of the three ounce containers. That was the line that followed that up. He said he was getting rid of like all liquids yeah. that can't fit in a little container. So I it's think true. we did pretty well, pretty solid. I think so too. Not Look bad. Us. Look at us. Not bad at all. Look at us. Now, what do we do next? Is it time for you to describe the episode, or is it time for us to talk about our funny moments? It's time to describe the episode. All right. Well, we you know what's moment. going down, <laughs> Let people. Let me get a sip of water first. Yeah, sure. This is one of the highlights of the week every week, and, and, and Steven's performance does vary from time to time. I feel like you did pretty well last time, like, despite mm-hmm. yourself, or yeah. maybe it was the time before that. Despite her face. How are you feeling today? Um, you know, I'm worried that my throat might give out on me, Zach. I tend to really push a lot out in a short amount of time, so we'll yeah, see you sure how that do. affects me. 
All right, well, everyone, it's time to uh, take off our hat and somberly look down as we find out as a divided nation. Did Steven Steven watch the episode episode this week? This week. You got 20 seconds on the clock. Are you ready? Okay. Three. I'm ready. Two. One. Go. Star Wars is dead. He made a DVD, and he has a wife that he gave herpes. He wants Abed to make a thing for him, uh, a, a video montage. He has a funeral, and at the funeral, Garrett sings a beautiful song, and then everybody starts complaining about Greendale, and then they riot about Greendale, and Chang wants more power, then Chang takes over the school and gets a fake dean, and the school board kicks Greendale out of school, or the Greendale 7 out of school, um, and uh, Abed takes the darkest timeline. Okay. If you hadn't, like, struggled to keep going, that was really good. Mm-hmm. So I think I'll give it, hmm, because you the only thing, it would have been nice if it had more of an ending was all, was pretty sure. much all. Yeah, that's all I was missing. So I, I'll, I'll edge up. I think that's an A minus, my friend. Thank you, Zach. You got I a was, lot I of it. I was pretty proud of that. I almost said B plus just because when you like stammer, you know, it takes it down mm-hmm. a little bit. But no, you got uh, as much as you could hope, and you got a lot of detail in. Thank you. Good work. I did give this one, like, as I was watching the episode, I was like, you know what? I can do this. I better know what happens. (laughs) Let's talk about our favorite funny moment. I wrote two things down. The first is not only Garrett singing Ave Maria, but that there's kind of this runner where earlier Shirley mentions that she could sing it. And then after Garrett sings it, the dean's like, Shirley, I think you've got something to sing too. And Shirley's like, no, I don't. Move on. It was really that funny. That was really funny. And I missed that the first time I saw the episode. I was like, I thought it was just he was expecting her to sing. Right. Like, as like a joke. But right. But he, it, she, yeah, that was really funny. The other thing I wrote down was a Pierce moment. I really love how he hypes up that, you know, I've been at Greendale for a long time. I think I've earned the right to speak. Let's burn this mother down. Yeah. <laughs> and that was that really was funny. funny. Uh, what about my you? My moments, I, <laughs> the first scene with the Dean where he's like, Come on, I'm Dean. And my hands are so clean at this moment. Yeah. I am stapling. That's a really classic yeah, Dean moment. That is great. Um, Dean Jor in the. the they the said court, on the commentary the that that come on, I Dean bit cost $30,000 because they had to pay wow. for the song. And worth it was it. like, can we pay for this joke or not? And I guess they did. And yes, I think it was worth it. Yeah. Um, Garrett singing, of course, and then the little moment where the fake Dean comes through the back of like the meeting really quick makes me laugh really hard. And it's hard. clearly Jim Rash's why. voice and him like yeah. miming to it. Yeah, that was really great. <laughs> it makes me laugh really, really hard. Well, I think it's time to dive into this week's episode, course listing unavailable. Uh, Steven, tell me both like what, if anything, you remembered about this episode and then how you felt about it watching it this time. I didn't remember a lot of specifics, but I do remember the whole, like, Chang taking over the school's plotline. I remember the fake Dean, and I remembered um, the Dean when he's dressed in, like, the... the Can, can, cancel. Yeah. That... (laughs) But that's really mostly it. Like, I remember that they did the whole Starburns died thing, but I didn't remember a lot of the, like, plot of this episode going in. But I enjoyed it. I, I... I don't think that it's my favorite episode of the season, but it does what it needs to accomplish before next week. Yeah, it's a couple steps away from being a standout because it kind of has, it kind of just follows its plot and Mm -hmm. doesn't 
do a whole lot of deeper thinking with the characters. You know, a, a classmate died. They're getting expelled from the school. They could have gone a little bit deeper with it. A little yeah. bit deeper with it. And instead, it kind of does just feel like a a gap episode or a transition episode getting us from where we were to what the end of the season is going to be mm-hmm. about. That being said, I think it's a pretty successful type of that episode. It's just not yeah. a standout. It has some funny moments that I didn't know were this episode that I really, really liked. Um, um, I remember... the I, I kind of had the opposite of you. I remembered the storyline of them getting a riot going and expelled from the school. I think that's an interesting way to raise the stakes as we get towards mm-hmm. the end of the season. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it was pretty funny. The whole cast is present for most of it. Uh, it, it, it's definitely a sizable step up from any of the episodes this season that I'm like, Ugh, sure. I don't know so much about this one, but it yeah. might be towards the bottom of the good ones. Yeah, I think so. But especially that coming really on the heels of, uh, Lupine basic neurology. Lupine neurology and virtual yeah. systems analysis too. We're both like season two. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's dive into it though. I, I did really enjoy a lot of things about this episode And there are some fun, fun facts as we get through it. This is the most Starburns we ever get in an episode. And I think (laughs) Dino, who plays Starburns' energy throughout his scenes in this one, are pretty good. I like it. Uh, Apparently, they did this because Dino, you know, he isn't an actor. He's a writer. And Starburns became one of those characters that's just there in the background all the time. And Mm -hmm. I don't, I think he kind of got a little sick of it after a while. And he decided to to not be an actor on the show anymore. And then season four, uh, Dan Harmon gets fired, and Dino is close friends with Dan. I think he left the writer's staff at that point kind of mm-hmm. in solidarity with Dan along with a few other people. And then yeah. in season five, when Dan got reinstated, uh, Dino brought back Starburns and also, I believe, went back as a writer on the show. I don't know if for sure that he oh. was a writer in the later seasons, but but it's interesting. Yeah, it is. It was a little weird that he left this stuff to Abed, right? I guess they did a good job making it that he wanted a video made. Yeah. Otherwise, I, there's not really much of a reason for him to leave it to Abed. I don't know that I had Starburns pegged to such a big sticks fan either. No, that's a little surprising. The hat really made me think he was more of a... Uh, um, Guns N' Roses, that where Slash was? Sure. I feel like I, I, could, I could see Starburns at like a like a... Primus concert, totally. Or like, uh, is that the band that has? Yeah, I think Primus is who I'm thinking Weird of. One. I think I, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I could see him at a Primus show. Is All of the a shots. Dream theater concert. Sure. ELO, maybe he likes that there kind of go. thing. Uh, yeah. I like all the shots of him in his room in front of a little tiny green screen as like options for Abed that this is part of his plan for when he died. I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Also, the Troy bit, uh, what Abed says that a one armed person brought all of this stuff <laughs> to him as Starburn's lawyer. And Troy's just like, whoa, how one armed was he? Tell me when to stop. And he does the thing with his hand and gets more and more shocked the higher up he goes. Yeah. And Abed's just throw away. It was the other arm. That that was was a really, really really funny funny moment. So pretty much this scene is setting up that Abed and the study group are going to take a little bit of responsibility to be at the forefront of this funeral and to help uh, fulfill Starburn's last couple wishes. Okay, something. So Starburn's is in a a little urn that for whatever reason Abed got his ashes because Starburn's wants them to be burnt. (laughs) 
And yeah. uh, they also have a little urn that Starburns is lizard. Yeah. Do you think that Starburns lizard for sure died in the same explosion? Or do you think maybe Starburns <laughs> wanted can... to be buried with his lizard, so they killed the lizard? So there have been uh, actual cases of this in the world, Zach. Where, where people have their pets cremated even so if they they're alive. Mm-hmm. That's and, like, awful. Them. Isn't it terrible? That's pretty there bad. Is, like, there's somebody that my mom like either works with or was on a trip with or something, and they like told her that there was this whole like drama where their mom wanted to be buried with this animal that like but the animal wasn't dead yet and they didn't want to do it because they were like no the dog's still alive it was like a whole thing did they kill the dog i don't think so i hope not that's awful yeah and why do you need to be buried with your pet i get it that you love your pet but what do I care? everyone Shop knows that all pets too. go to hell so if you're going to heaven you're not going to see them anyway yeah they don't have souls we can we can show the naked bodies because they don't have souls. I love the things that we reference to each other that nobody is going to get off of off of it's that true. that one sentence. Yeah. I didn't fucking rig shit. <laughs> I didn't rig fucking shit. This world's so fucked up. You can't do that. I'll kill you. <laughs> I like Troy's line uh thinking of the urn as like an Aladdin genie type situation and he asks if he rubs it will he come out and do celebrity impressions? <laughs> Really funny. I don't think so. I, then I, I like, want it out. Yeah, I want. I I'm with Troy on that one. I don't want anyone's ashes in my home. Like my my worst fear would be someone being like, "Hey, Stephen, um, I die, and here are here I am here here. Take care of for me. me forever. Like, what the f- am I supposed to do that? You know how much stuff I knock over on a daily basis. I'm gonna spill you all over this place, Stephen. You know that now. I'm gonna have to do that. Oh no. Just as a bit. <laughs> So, you know what? I feel like we're going in that direction anyway. Let's get a little existential today, okay? Okay. This episode deals with death. Not in a super deep way, but it does deal with death. And I don't know, man. We're approaching 25, which I think is when you kind of have some quarter-life crises where you no longer feel invincible or young to the point of nothing bad's ever going to happen to me. Maybe it has to do with knowing people that pass away, but the thought of death does come up sometimes, and it trips me out. I'm scared. Of, I, I'm pretty scared as shit about it, right? Well, it's it's kind of uh, fitting that you bring that up. I, I, I wasn't going to mention this to you until we were done because I didn't want to bring down the mood a sure. little bit. But... Um, Somebody who we know, their brother died yesterday in a car crash. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. He was 19. Oh, shit. 20. And wow. I guess there were like four of them in a car and they lost control and like hit a tree and two of them died and the other two got like lifeline to the hospital. Jesus. Yeah. He like texted me yesterday. I was like, holy well, shit. Yeah. Uh, well, I think recently I feel like I've been getting a lot of reminders of how fragile life is. Yeah. Uh, and that 
freak accidents, uh, a random one that comes to mind, the guy from The Whitest Kids You Know that passed away, mm-hmm. he, like, fell out of from, like, the top story of his house or something, like, in a oh, crazy crap. freak accident and died. Like, stuff like that can just happen, and it's mm-hmm. scary. Uh, the reason I brought up wanting to talk a little bit deeper about it is funerals. This episode talks a lot yeah. about funerals. Funerals are so weird. Mm-hmm. And... I will be honest. So I had a friend that passed away recently, and I really had it in my mind to go to the funeral, and I psyched myself out, and I couldn't go. Uh, Mm -hmm. I later learned that it was an open casket funeral, Uh and I think open casket funerals, I I don't like that. I have only ever been to open casket funerals. I think and I've I, been to far more funerals than I probably should have in my lifetime. But I do not like that. I do not get the point of. I know people say it's a closure thing, but I do not get the point of wanting to see your person like that. Uh, the types of things that they do to the body to make it presentable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that. Per- I I just it makes me super uncomfortable the thought of that. Yeah. And I just couldn't do that. Uh, so um, follow up question: What is do you, have you put any thought into like? Uh, do you care at all what happens when you when Shot you die? Shot me up, put me in a suit. I probably would want to be like buried normally. Yeah. I'm not a whole. I'm not a big cremation guy personally. In terms of my own self, other people do what you want, you know. But. Well, the other thing is that uh, uh, it, it's really more for the people that are still here than mm-hmm. me. So I don't really care. Uh, and at the same time, I, I've seen firsthand how uh, a huge of an expense a funeral can be. Oh, my God. And how much Caskets debt are it so can expensive. leave the people behind. So I would also – I would feel awful if me dying, which is just something that happens to everyone, puts my loved ones in a huge financial situation. You know what? Flush me down the toilet like a fish, you know? So that's why I say uh, you don't have to – you don't have to go – you can – you don't, you don't have to uh, take me to the crematorium or whatever. Just like trash compact me, set yeah. that on fire, and deliver it in a in a flaming stars. bag to Stephen <laughs> Baker's doorstep. And you'll just uh, melt him you'll down. Stomp it out, and then get the note that like this is your beloved friend. Please carry this with you for all of eternity. And I'm just all over your foot. Yeah. Ooh, I'll throw those shoes out. Back to community. I don't know. It, it's hard to watch an episode like this, and obviously stuff is going around, going on. That it's it's hard not to think about stuff like well, this. Well, and, and I think we're living weird. in a time right now where a lot of people are dying because we're in the middle of a pandemic, you know, and people are still dying. Um, but also, we're at an age now where we're not necessarily as protected by people who are older than us are like looking out for us you know and so i think there have been i mean several people that we went to school with that are not around anymore and that's awful you know but it's becoming almost like more of a normal thing when somebody that we know dies and that's awful it's like a terrible thing yeah, but it's also well. I guess it's a terrible thing when it's someone our age, but mm-hmm. uh, I mean, also it, it's unavoidable and it's going to happen eventually. So let's spend the time that we have alive talking about community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry everyone for that uh trip down death lane, but 
And it's it's clear that uh, Annie is one of the people that is affected by this and, and yeah. can't help but bring it up because it is also easy when something like this happens to avoid it entirely because I think as humans, we can't help but always be moving forward pretty much until we die. You know, I feel like it's always the plans for tomorrow, for next week, for next month, for next year. I feel like we have to keep ourselves in a, in a forward motion or else we kind of kind of freak out. Uh, uh, but Annie, Annie wants to think about this, you know, Starburns died and they were around him a lot and it, and it's weird. What do you think about the Holocaust joke though? We'll talk about some, some Chevy watch. It was on brand. It it didn't, it got a, it got a guffaw out of me for sure. Yeah, I was like, oof. (laughs) It makes sense that Jeff is the type of person to completely not want to talk about this kind of thing at all. We learn later in the series as Jeff is approaching 40 that he's having some midlife crisis situations. And uh, I think sometimes when you are, are forced to think about your mortality, it's easy to be like, nope, that goes way over there and I'm never going to die. And Jeff seems like that type of person. I love his line and Troy's joke off of it. Another killer Troy joke two episode or two yeah. minutes into the episode when he says, by the time I finish this sentence, a hundred people will have died in China. And Troy just <laughs> thinks that that's like a, like a, a, a superpower that Jeff has. And he's yeah. like, then why did you stop talking? <laughs> it's so cute. Troy is so innocent and cute. It's amazing. Troy calls his his pen pal to make sure he's okay, but he can only talk for a couple seconds because of how expensive the call is. Is that still a thing? Are overseas calls still really expensive? Um, I think at this point, either you can do them with your plan or you mm-hmm. cannot. Yeah, because there there are still like roaming charges. I guess but I think a true. lot of people's plans cover cover it. some places. Yeah. Let's talk about Britta in this episode, because here in a second, there's a a Britta being a psychologist joke where they kind of hang shit on her that I think is kind of funny. But as a whole, this episode is a decent example of the type of Britta stuff that that I don't like, because like Gillian Jacobs does a really good job and the jokes are still funny, but it's starting to become the only time we see or talk about Britta. It's to clown on her for being a psych major. Yeah, and there's there's the one joke that I was like, I don't like that a whole lot. This episode is, it comes probably a little bit later and we'll bring it up again, but it's when Jeff is like, when I met you, I thought you were smarter than me. And Britta's not stupid, but they play her to be pretty stupid sometimes. Yeah, she they really do, and I don't think she should be. No. And I don't think because, she is. Because like Jeff said, when the show started, she was not. Like, you know. the, this isn't the joke I was talking about liking. When, when she and Jeff are, like, going back and forth about yeah. psych, I thought that was a little bit annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I do like is then that she's she's brought stars to strap yeah, to her face. that's hilarious. To, and then she can't get them off later, but to, to pretend to be Starburns. This scene is the scene where Danny wasn't here for all of this. Mm. There, are, there are shots of Abed, and they did those all at once because he was having a baby. Yeah, well, he wasn't having. You know what I mean. And, and, Danny Pudi squeezed yeah. two twins. Out it's of really hard to tell that he's cheeks. nine months pregnant in in these scenes, <laughs> but he sure was. Uh, so a lot of the coverage of the study table neglects his section of it, mm-hmm. and there's just a couple of inserted shots of him. I, I think they did a good job of it. So Britta inhabits Starburn, so the people can kind of role play and talk to him and cope with his death. 
Uh, my favorite one of these lines was uh, Aved's line when he's like, can you tell me why you smelled exactly like salami? <laughs> Pierce wants his comb back. Yep, it was the comb. Uh, uh, I thought it was, I thought this was funny. I thought this was a pretty funny bit. We learned that Starburns and Britta made out. Yikes. And I feel like that tracks. It and does, and Britta trying to explain herself through being Starburns is also pretty funny. See, I'm okay with us joking about Britta because mm-hmm. she would probably hook up with Starburns, right? Yeah. Okay, we cut from that scene. So they're starting to get more into Britta's thing because she's making an ass out of herself. And Jeff starts, like, filming it and taking pictures, which is pretty shitty. Mm-hmm. But we cut to the dean's office, and really this bit is just a fill time bit. But he sings to the tune of Come On Eileen about cleaning his hands. He's just kind of having a a good silly time. This is one of the better dean episodes we've had in a little bit because he's in it quite a bit. And likewise, it's one of the better Chang episodes we've had in a little while Mm -hmm. because he's in it quite a bit. Uh, this is the part where Chang, uh, with a couple of his children's soldiers, come into the dean's office to uh, suggest their ideas for increased security at Greendale. Uh, I love that it's handwritten on a piece of notebook paper with like little drawings <laughs> on it and stuff. We've talked a lot about remembering the Chang storyline that ends up that ends mm-hmm. this season not super fondly. Uh, what did you think about Chang in this episode and where they're going with it? Well, I haven't really disliked anything so far. Me too, and we're start we're not to the meat of it yet, but we're getting pretty close. Yeah, and I the things I remember not liking it, but so far I'm on board. So far I'm on board too. And we're it's, almost done with this season. I know they do a lot more with it. There's one up, but... episode that is this storyline. Mm-hmm. It's called The First Chang Dynasty. Chang Dynasty. That's the episode before last of the season, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe that's the one that I'm rem- – or maybe it was even just because the storyline went on for like half of the season and by the time it was ramping up, I was ready to be done with it. Yeah. But look, next season we're going to have a lot of Changnesia to talk about and I definitely strongly prefer this to that so far. Oh, absolutely. Man, season four is going to be an interesting journey, Stephen. I think it's probably going to come to some of the best discussions we've had yet of the series. And I also think it's going to try our dedication uh, more than we have had to at this (laughs) point. You know what I mean? I think there are going to be some episodes that we're like, what are we supposed to say about this? (laughs) I really like the little drawings of like little army men all over the agreement that Chang has drawn up. This is the most dedicated we've ever seen Chang to anything. Sure, he's crazy, but he is speaking pretty fluently and lucidly, even if he's trying to get his evil master plan through. Uh, But this is kind of an episode both with Chang saying that the school needs more security and what the study group does a little bit later in the episode, where Greendale kind of gets what's coming to it. Sure, we love Greendale and the kooky place that it is, but it is a toilet of a school, as Jeff Winger used to call it. It is, and as as nuts as Chang is, he has a point. A student died because they were able to steal lab equipment and and make a meth lab in their car. And even though the school isn't necessarily at fault for that, that still is like, if there were more security, he wouldn't have taken that stuff and probably wouldn't have had that meth lab that he was driving in his car. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, Chang says it all in a very Chang way. I like his line <laughs> about, like, well, you can't handle how the sausage gets made. And then he, you know, that's Stop an analogy. But then he talks about how sausage gets made and the way it looks like a cross between a dude's dong and a poop. The way that's that hilarious. the way that Ken delivers that and the way he puts his face into it is perfect. Ken is such a dynamic, comedic performer. And the way that, I don't know, you can almost kind of overlook him sometimes because mm-hmm. of how he nails everything he does every time. Uh, I don't know. I think he deserves a ton of credit, as much credit as we always heap onto Jim Rash. You know, Chang is not an easy character to make make sense, and I don't think anyone other than Ken Jong could have played a part like that. It's true. I can't think of anybody else doing... I mean, I'm sh- like... Because no one can match his level of, like, chaotic energy while still delivering the lines in such a good way. It's just, he's totally committed. So the dean is given a piece of paper that uh, reveals more bad news for the study group. And we get a little look into the world of the dean when he's deciding what outfit he's going to wear to give news. He opens the (laughs) door and there's a ton of wigs and and costume pieces. And what does he say? Who wants to dance? (laughs) I'll be honest, in season four... They take that side of the Dean to an absolute extreme, to where it loses a lot of what made it so funny, and in 5 and 6, they don't do the costumes so much. So that little bit almost feels like a season 4 bit, but it's kind of like, I can't blame this joke on what other writers do with the show a little bit later, right? It's still pretty funny. Yeah. Meanwhile, back in the study room, what, Britta is still trying to talk them through their feelings when the dean shows up to give some bad news. She has them, like, visualize a puppy on fire in a basket so that they can, like, feel emotions. And poor Troy is just really going through it over there. Does it always have to be puppies? Someone (laughs) says. Britta shows off her knowledge of two of the five stages of grief. (laughs) (laughs) well that's a thing that i feel like this episode could have done more with that kind of thing Mm -hmm. but they're they're pretty focused this episode on moving us towards the last couple episodes of the season that they don't really have a lot of time to stop and and do some emotional work with the storyline i guess but this is a kind of short episode i think it's a minute or two shorter than what these episodes usually are i think Mm -hmm. if they had found a way other than the shock of them being expelled from the school, if they had found yeah. a way to pack some type of like mixology certification emotional punch about loss into Ooh. this episode, that it would have made it one to remember. I feel like it would have been so easy for them to like... They could even pair Troy and Abed together, but have each study member represent like a different stage of grief because they're all handling it differently. Yeah. That would have been a fine episode. Here we go rewriting community again. But <laughs> Yeah, they I should think... have they should have added some some uh some space bus, some Kentucky fried space bus is what this is. Yeah, I mean, if they just done a little bit of paintball during this, yeah. it would have been fine with it. Jonathan. <laughs> Wait, is that <laughs> Yeah, I think it was Jonathan. <laughs> is that who I'm sitting on too, that poor kid? Hey, dude, Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's Jonathan's son, Jay Jr. Uh I hope he makes it to Christmas, Jonathan. It's not looking great, especially with the the full weight of a full-grown man on top of him as he's uh, asphyxiating. True. Poor guy. I like how that's how we started this episode, and then we had like a little bit of a thoughtful conversation about mortality. (laughs) 
And, and now, now back we're to back to that. Dying kid. Yeah, yeah, making jokes about people dying in COVID wards. Jesus. <laughs> and then we were like, yeah, and in this pandemic, many people are dying. And... <laughs> so as they're all kind of, I don't know, fighting over mortality and over, uh, over like, I don't know, just Jeff kind of being an asshole while Britta is trying to help all of the rest of them through emotions that they seem to be really going through. And the dean shows up to say that uh, due to the whole meth lab explosion, uh, Professor Kane has resigned. So d- is basic lupine neurology Professor Kane's last episode? I, didn't, I think it is. I didn't know that when we were covering it. So I, I feel like uh, j- both because of the recency of Michael K. Williams passing and how we're focusing on that kind of thing today and how uh, this is the end of his stint on community, we've got to give him some props. Uh, yeah. I think my only complaint is that Professor Kane wasn't around more. Kind of no, that situation. Yeah, like we talked with John Goodman that mm-hmm. Dan said often it would be like, you get John Goodman this week, so write him into your episode. I wonder if that was kind of the same for Professor Kane. Uh, I This feels like a weird way to unceremoniously write him off the show. Yeah, Maybe they I, just didn't have him anymore. Because mm-hmm. he's been doing like a lot of stuff <laughs> always, you know. Yeah. So I'm sure maybe he started a, a movie or something that he was working on around this time and he just didn't have the time in his schedule, unfortunately. My favorite Professor Kane moment that comes to mind is probably when he's complaining about Legos. He's like, and what happened to Legos? <laughs> they used to be simple. Now we got Millennium Falcon Legos. Yeah, it was really, really good. Mm-hmm. He always delivered the silly lines with such dead seriousness that it worked yeah. very well. But the dean is here in Can Can outfit to talk about how biology class is now canceled because of Kane's resignation, uh, meaning all of the study group receive incomplete grades and that they'll have to make up the credit in the summer. A real school would not do that, right? No. They would have someone who can fill in for the rest of the semester, or they would let everyone pass, right? Yeah, normally when when somebody dies, they're like, okay, you all pass. Sure. We'll do that instead of making sure you're actually okay. (laughs) I wasn't crazy about Jeff's breakdown here when he finds out that he loses his summer. Yeah, he's not a 13-year-old boy hoping to cherish the thralls of adolescence with his friends yeah like, it's he just can dramatic do all the same i don't stuff. buy it yeah <laughs> he's an adult he can just like go places you and know. the fact that he robbed us of a rocket's kick line moment from the dean yeah. is unforgivable, unforgivable. <laughs> you know I, I think joel's a phenomenal actor i think he does great job as jeff winger but that breakdown is maybe not his finest moment on the program <laughs> he's done better After the commercial, we're at Starburn's funeral, which is where we spend a decent chunk of this episode. I think one of my gripes with this episode is that it doesn't quite have enough going on because we're about to get to a stretch where like a whole act of this episode is just each study group member getting up and talking on the podium. I I feel like other than the Chang subplot, which is kind of connected to the A plot, there's not really a real... B or C plot in this episode and there there should have been Mm -hmm. I agree even if it was like related to like how Starburn's death affected like a different student or something like that you know like they could have done something else yeah but Garrett is singing Ave Maria Uh, maybe it was a money saving thing because I'm sure this was a very cheap episode for community Mm -hmm. 
Uh, his Ave Maria is beautiful, and it totally robs Shirley from her big funeral moment that she was going to have. It's great. The way that the dean's like, okay, Garrett, that was singing um, Ave Maria, right? And he's like, yes. It's like all he said the whole time <laughs> was really Ave funny. Maria. Yeah. So they're moving on to the eulogies, and he opens up the floor for anyone to just eulogize Starburns that they'd like to. And at that same time, the dean realizes for the first time that his sideburns were shaped like stars, and that's why they called him that. Now, do you think that this is like Starburns' official funeral, or is this just something they're having at the school? Do you think Starburns' family was like notified and invited to this? <laughs> Yeah, the fact that we didn't get to meet Nana and Papa Starburns in this episode is a true travesty. Um, No, I would imagine this is like a school memorial, but his ashes are there. Yeah. But I've been. Do you think like his dad would have like a moon stash where it's like a mustache where it looks like a crescent moon? No, I think they'd all just be very disappointed in their son (laughs) or family member or whatever. So the dean figures out why he's called Starburns, and then he calls up people to talk, and Jeff is the first person to take the stage. Uh, What do you think of this section of the episode where they're all complaining about Greendale? It's fine. It doesn't, you know, shake me to my core, inspire me, but it accomplishes what it needs to. I think that everyone's kind of progression and how they're feeling is pretty honest to the character. I don't think anybody necessarily acted out of, like the norm i think they're just finally have had it well i like the way that the riot builds up and the way that we use greendale at large in this episode i just feel like the episode kind of slows down because a good chunk of it is focused on these eulogies that are all kind of doing the same thing like everyone gets to do one jeff uh well not everyone but jeff shirley annie and pierce all do one and it takes up a lot of time it takes up pretty much the whole rest of the episode because I even think the last part is a little bit rushed almost. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're here. Okay, this happens. Okay, you're done because this takes so much. But time. again, I do think Greendale is getting some deserved comeuppance in this one <laughs> because and Jeff is being petty and kind yeah. of taking advantage of the situation because he's upset about losing his summer. But Greendale does some shitty stuff to its students all the I time. I would be really pissed if I went through almost an entire class because that uh sweet potato project was like a big project towards yeah. the end of the year that turns with people and they went through the a lot of work to get that a that they well deserved on it yeah so i'd be pissed too the way that the dean tries to interrupt jeff's <laughs> speech his tirade like jeff okay it's a funeral try to keep it light uh another thing okay so i think that this section of the episode suffers from sort of lazy writing, like structurally, mm-hmm. the way that they were just like, we can fill a whole commercial to commercial yeah. segment of the episode with these eulogies. And the way that the Dean is like, okay, we need something light. Annie, you're next. And then Shirley, you're next. Like, you know Shirley, what I mean? you're this. You come up. And then, yeah. okay, then you come up. Why and did try the now? Dean need to call each of them out? That feels lazy. Why would he just signal out the study group? I feel like the study group could have done what Jeff did and, like, felt the moment and gone up to exactly. the stage. Especially to when thing. he started by, like, asking, does anybody have anything to say? And now he's like, okay, you guys come up and do it. Or if they. I hit- love, though. The dean's yeah. face whenever somebody is talking, it's it's like so hopeful. It's like okay, this will go well, and then he's like, oh no. <laughs> uh, and or maybe if they intercut these with actual students like talking about Starburns, and then That'd the study great. group kind of like stepping up and interrupting that with their anti-Greendale tirade. 
That would be funny. I like the way also that Annie says Starburns, or Alex, as he liked to be called, <laughs> was a human being. So, yeah, Annie starts her speech very uh, – uh, speaking of Starburns and Greendale in almost a heroic way. But mm-hmm. then it makes sense that Annie would also be very frustrated about this because she put so much into her schoolwork, so much into her classes. And at the end of it, it's pretty much like she – it's just not appreciated at all. <laughs> I love the exchange of Annie saying, our school flag is an anus, and the dean saying, you guys drew it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We're not even the best community college in our community. I wonder what the other community college is and what's what the shenanigans city going college. on over there are. I think City College would be like a university, though, wouldn't it? It's still a community college. Is it still a community college? Yeah. I always assumed it was like a university. Mm-mm. I think that's why they're like rivals because it's another, it's the other community college. It's like interesting, right interesting. Annie ends her speech just saying "shame on you" to the dean, and honestly, I love the dean. I hate to see him sad, but he deserves the slander at this point. I think so. So everyone's hyping up all these hate speeches. Everyone's kind of agreeing with it in the audience, <laughs> and the dean is really Felt. trying to cover up. I definitely feel on this podcast the dean saying, okay, well, let's not be all willy-nilly with these $50 microphones. Oh, totally. Ours are a little bit nicer than their funeral microphones, but yeah. in the same vein, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think we could all use some good old-fashioned religion right now, the dean says, to call up Shirley. And Shirley uh, gets to have a moment to kind of talk shit about Greendale, too. I think this is at least a good moment for Shirley. I'm glad that she's it one is. of the people to step up. Because she has a really genuine, long-standing reason to be kind of pissed with Greendale and its faculty that they get to bring back up here. Yeah, I, I liked Shirley's probably the best. I liked Annie's a lot too, but I think that Shirley's, it was nice to see her. Because I mean, that was really shitty what yeah. happened, and they haven't really addressed it since then. But I really like how Subway is still her. a part of the school, that it wasn't just in that product placement yeah. episode. Well, I imagine they probably got some product placement money for this one too. Mm-hmm. So the dean gets really nervous, and this is at least good writing. He's given reason to be like, okay, Chang, do whatever you can to make this happen, to get this in order. I almost think he could have let it escalate a little bit further before he I did this. I think so, too. Or maybe I think it would have been funny if, if Chang went up to him and was like, hey, people are getting kind of rowdy, sign the paper, and the dean's like, it's fine, it's fine, and then people get even more, and he's like, fine, I'll do it. The way that Chang turns around to be a table for him <laughs> to sign on. And then we cut to, uh, like, boiler room full of uh, the, the children army. They're playing some games. They're, they're eating some school lunches with milk boxes. And <laughs> this is just such a ridiculous thing. And I'm really glad that the show took its time getting us used to the idea of all these kids following Chang. So by the time yeah. we need them to be an army, it kind of makes sense, even though it makes no sense at all. Yeah. So they all suit up into riot gear, which is just ridiculous. I guess Troy and Abed do get one. I almost totally mm-hmm. forgot about this. Back at the funeral, they're leading a chant of Greendale sucks. Greendale sucks. <laughs> I couldn't remember where they like had they were at the podium or where they were at the table when they when they were doing that. Followed by Pierce, who who the dean stops. He knows better than letting Pierce have the microphone, but that gets a boo because he's he's keeping them down. He's keeping the people down. But Pierce is really earnest. He's been here over a decade. He has some good stuff to say. A few final words for Starburns. He spent a lot of time with them. So the dean goes against his better judgment, apologizes to Pierce, and Pierce just yells and really incites the crowd. <laughs> 
You know, I'll say, even though Pierce doesn't get a lot to do, I think this is one of Chevy's best episodes in a while. He's active, yeah. He is active, and he's <laughs> funny. Vicky. And he looks like he's having a trash fun. Helter Skelter. <laughs> really funny. Just throw in subway toppings everywhere, smashing windows. People <laughs> tossing subway toppings. I know my comb's in here, you son of a bitch. Reaching God into dude. Starburns' urn, that's <laughs> brutal. So I like how this all ends up coming down on the Greendale 7 when they weren't really the active members in no. the riot. Sure, they incited it, but but so did Trump, and he's doing fine. It's true. He did get impeached, <laughs> but he didn't get expelled. Yeah. And all of the kids show up in their tiny riot gear, which is adorable, until they start pepper spraying people, like, <laughs> so close to their face. And, and man, <laughs> oh. it's so peppery. Poor Garrett. They shoot a net gun <laughs> that lands on Pierce? I don't think I noticed that one. That's a really funny visual. It's so funny. Chang's gotten what he's wanted this whole time. He's got full control. His master plan is in effect. Then after that, we cut to a, uh, I assume, the the nurse's office of Greendale, and all of the Greendale 7 are being treated for pepper spray and for their injuries. Uh, but they're not finding any pepper spray on Troy, even though they're wiping it off him. Maybe he's just crying. <laughs> the dean comes in, and Chang's army have some real tight, uh, strict rules that they're following, but the dean gets to go wherever he wants. And he's letting the Greendale 7 know what's going on. They're having a hearing to investigate their part in being ringleaders of the riot. And they might get expelled. They might get in trouble. Uh, things are things are looking bad for the group, right? This is the scene mm. where whenever you see Abed in that towel, that is not Danny Pudi. In fact, mm. on the commentary, they said that they bronzed that man's arms and hands. <laughs> It stood out to me here when Pierce says, well, how about Pierce Hawthorne in the Greendale 6? And then he says, how about the Greendale 5? Mm -hmm. And I kind of did the math, and we are 22 episodes away from when it is the Greendale 5. Holy crap. And then, like, eight episodes after that, it becomes the Greendale 4. That's wild to think about. I know. <laughs> The Dean's touch of Jeff's stomach is hilarious. Yeah, the Je uh, Jeff kind of takes responsibility a little bit here, which seems uh, mm -hmm. wrong. You would think that their motive here would be to deny and to strategize to get their way out of trouble. Maybe that's another part where this episode was focused on moving things along that they couldn't stop and do more with the story as it was happening, right? Yeah. The Dean's reference to Ted Danson at Whoopi Goldberg's roast went so over timely. my head. Yeah. So over my head. I have no idea what happened there. Me neither. And Troy gives a look like he doesn't really know either, which is which is great. Uh, mm. Britta comes out with the idea, since she's a psychiatrist, that they're going to say that they rioted because of funeral crazies. She can say that's a thing because she's a psych major. There we go. And they go in with the plan that they are kind of going to blame it on Chang because his his being the, the dean saying it was right under our noses his going crazy and attacking was the real riot i guess yeah. i mean they were destroying property but but they made it into a way more real war than the pillows and blankets mm -hmm. one ever was uh the the children run off to tell chang what's going on and there's a funny moment when the dean calls for a group hug where he's between <laughs> jeff and troy but everyone just walks <laughs> away oh you're walking away from the hug <laughs> I bet the, the the dean has had many thoughts of being between between Jeff and Troy. Sure. Who hasn't? 
Right. The dean goes to his office to find Chang and one of the children, and the dean is preparing for the school board meeting. Uh, but Chang knows what's going on here, that they're going to throw him under the bus, and the dean kind of gives away that, yeah, they are going to throw him under the bus, because Chang is an absolute crazy man who now He's has all kinds of powers. Also, I feel like that piece of paper that the dean signed could not in any way be legally binding. No, it's written <laughs> in mostly crayon, it looks like, and has drawings all over it. Yeah. The dean tries to fire Chang... But Chang doesn't allow that. It's now a mutiny. Chang's taking over the school, and this plot line gets even more ridiculous when he opens the door to reveal uh, what they call him. What I don't know. He's there's a name for him. I forget what it is, but he's like the other dean. He's the mm-hmm. the doppeldiener. I think is what it is. He's the doppeldiener. Nice. It's played by J.P. Minot, who was the principal on Phil of the Future and was nice. in some Disney Channel shows. And the way that he comes out the door and the deans just says, "Oh my God, it's me." <laughs> and I love how like they do look alike, but not enough to. But like, not enough. Yeah, they look alike if you squint. <laughs> And then the dean even, or sorry, Chang darts the dean with like a, a tranquilizer and puts him to sleep. Right in the neck. Yeah. And then we cut a little bit later to the hearing where the crimes are being listed to the Greendale Seven by Carl, Richie, and some other guy that doesn't say anything this entire time. <laughs> And their 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 plan is to throw this all on Chang, but pretty soon that's gonna prove itself to be unsuccessful. Yeah, I is this the first mention of like the Greendale Seven? It's the first time they're called that in the show. Yes, this is the first time they're called that in the show. Nice. What do you think of that? It's fine. It's I, a little I weird. Think it, it it's a weird thing to do. Like if it were real life, and they'd be like, "You're the." Blankety blanks, high school eight. That'd be like, well, that's a weird thing to call us. I feel like usually that name is reserved for like what the group of wasn't there like a group of black students at a school that were like the something number? Oh, it's true. In the days of segregation, I don't know the name. Yeah, yeah. Right. Why are they drawing allusions to that? <laughs> yeah, maybe not. <laughs> not the same. I like Troy uh, referring to the school board as your majesty, uh, as Jeff is delivering their uh, version uh, or their defense that they were mourning a student, that the riot was exacerbated by the school security staff, and that they weren't at fault. They were just speaking out of mourning their friend Starburns. But just as they're about to throw Chang under the bus, he shows up looking the most clean cut and lucid he ever has. This man might be an evil genius idiot. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm glad you put idiot at the end there because he is an evil genius idiot. But it's- these school board members, even oh, the other guy's name is Chuck, and his last name's Sicardo. Sicardo mm. is one of the writer's last names. Uh, Richie uh. County, County is one of the writer's last names. Carl Blatt, nothing sticks out to me about that name, but if anyone has a fun fact about us, can't disappoint podcast at gmail.com, and we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the cont. These school board members are Blocked. so easily bought by by Chang's muffin <laughs> basket. And he knows that Richie ate them all last time, so there's a few extra. And the Greendale 7 knows exactly what's going on. The Chang has them way up his ass, and there's no chance that they can throw him under the bus because the school board looks at these students as villains and at Ch- as Chang as the person who like kept law and order, right? 
it's true and you know chang is really playing this really well he's to them he's the one that stepped up and is doing security that they don't have to pay the way that chang breaks and does the chang tongue towards the study group when Ch- so when jeff funny. is calling him crazy is a really great choice of Ken's. Yeah. He was living in the school's air vent system with a monkey, which sounds ridiculous to the school board. Then, as soon as <laughs> Jeff can mention where's the dean, he'll tell you the fake dean literally walks from door to door behind them in a straight line and lip syncs to some Jim Rash audio and is like, well, gotta go. Bye. That's so funny. The guy did a great job of doing some very Dean-esque movements as, oh, with yeah. his hands. I, I bet there was some coaching from Jim Rash of like, Hey, you do this, and then he'll do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I always wonder in episodes of shows where where actors mimic other characters, if there's ever any type of coaching from the actual actor of yeah. the character to kind of give them some pointers. That'd be cool. But basically, the Greendale 7 never had a chance. The school board knows what they have to do. They call them out each by name. This is a nice little dramatic moment where we get a shot of each of them as they're being called. I feel mm-hmm. like they are wanting to draw some allusions to both the the racially tinged thing that I mentioned, and then maybe some like westerns, like the yeah, Magnificent, the Magnificent Seven. Seven kind of thing. Uh, but the episode didn't really do anything with that, so it does feel a little out of place. No, if they had done some sort of like theming thing where they put them all like wanted posters or something, yeah. that would have been like, oh, okay, cool. But they get expelled. That's a mm-hmm. step that that both community has never taken and they've never really brought up before. It's always kind of seemed like there's no real uh, 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 threat punishment for anything mm-hmm. that happens at the school. But but just like that, just thrown off, shrugged off by the school board, our heroes are expelled from the school. And it's hard to say that even though Chang is crazy, uh, it's hard to say that they don't deserve it to some extent. Yeah, that riot like was causing damage like they were shattering glass and stuff and they did inside it i mean even though they weren't the ones doing the stuff yeah they did like inciting a riot is a crime it's a punishable offense so that's you know there's been a lot of talk of this season they say a lot of things like well it's been a really dark semester and Mm -hmm. i hope it comes on up and it's always felt like they've said it without showing why it's really that dark and here it is this is like that dark low that they've kind yeah. of been been building up to all season. Uh, I like first that the the school board uh, they all rusty bucket, rusty bucket, and then as they rusty go out, bucket. when the one guy says transform and roll out, <laughs> they're just <laughs> so nerdy. They're so Greendale. Even when they're supposed to be like the serious Greendale school board, they're still yeah. very Greendale. I like this last scene. I think this last scene did a lot of heavy lifting for me to feel better than worse about this episode because it brings a lot of allusions to the beginning of the season or near the beginning with remedial chaos theory, and it pays off in ways that I think make sense. They're sitting. I think it shows some growth in Troy this season. It shows like how relationships have kind of changed and grown a little bit too, which I like. Yeah, and they're sitting around the same table. They they they're all all drinking together because it, it's been such a dark time. They don't really have a plan of what's going to happen next since they've been expelled. Greendale is what holds them all together. So what's going to happen to them now? Yeah, and they're all feeling down. And then we get that shot of the buzzer that takes us right back to remedial chaos theory. And someone shows up with pizza, and it kind of is like a deja vu moment. 
Yeah. Well, it's the same pizza guy from Real Chaos Theory, too, yeah. which is cool. Britta goes to get the pizza, and Abed kind of waxes poetic on how he thought he was saving them from the darkest timeline, but maybe he's put them into it. Mm-hmm. And they all agree that it doesn't seem like things could get much worse. You know, Britta meets the pizza guy and falls in love with him in sight. And Troy, this is a great Troy moment. He's the one that shakes this off and isn't going to let them fall into these bad negative habits. He says he he, he gives a good speech. He gives the winger speech at the end of this episode. They're all alive. Troy gets to give the winger speech. Yeah, they're all fine. They're all together. And there's even just a little sliver of a Troy Britta moment here, which is really Mm -hmm. cute. And Britta is the best, and they call her the worst way too often, and it's not fair, and it's good to hear otherwise. Yeah, and Abed's right. You know, things are bad, but they're together, and that's that's all they need. And then, just like in in uh, Remedial Chaos Theory, the pizza guy says, wait, there are other timelines, and they shut the door <laughs> on him. Can I tell you something that yeah. the commentary brought up? Gillian and this pizza guy actor dated in real life. Yikes. For about two months. And that's what everyone in the audio commentary said, too. And apparently he came back to do this episode, and it wasn't long after he dumped her. Yeah. What the f***? Yeah. So she said it was really, really awkward for him to be there. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. It's Gillian Jacobs. Yeah, I... Hmm... Troy and Britta make some googly eyes. They all have nice moments, and they they found a way to they found a way to turn this around and to feel positive because they're together. And whether they're at Greendale or not, they are the study group. You know, they're they're bound together at this point, and and they celebrate each other a little bit. And it seemed like a stretch to have this episode end on a high point, and it is kind of rushed to have them end on a high point, mm-hmm. but it works for me, and it, it brings nice, this episode though. together. And that's the end of the episode. I love the end tag. I, I love the music video that Abed has made to memorialize Starburns. Everything about it, the the music that's underneath it is fantastic. The Starburns is really And I love that all of the footage and pictures of Starburns are things that he recorded by himself to go in this video. And Abed just ran with it. I love the way that... He, like, takes a hit of what I imagine is a joint, and then in the smoke above <laughs> him appears another Starburns tipping his hat. That's probably my favorite of all of these scenarios. What are some of yours? Um, I like that one a lot. I like him running the marathon. I also like him making out with, like, the still image of the girl. Yeah, the tiptoe on the – or his flip <laughs> – uh, all of these are great. Honestly, <laughs> Dino says he's not an actor, but Starburns is such a funny character. He's surfing and on a shark. these shirt. moments prove that they could have done more with him than what they did. Yeah. The editing here is phenomenal. Like, it's made to look bad in the <laughs> best way. <laughs> the way he's holding the girl's head after kissing yeah. her really awkwardly to give, like, a, a okay symbol... Man, so that funny. is how I want to be memorialized. We talk about what we want to do for our funerals. That's what you I want, want for mine. Will you make that video for me? Yes. And that's the end of the episode. It, it, it's kind of a slight episode, but I do enjoy it. It, it maybe a little bit goes in one ear and out the other, but mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of negatives to say about it. No, I don't either. I have struggled to think of who my MVP was going to be for this episode. Mm-hmm. I was stuck between two people, and I think I've decided. Do you have any thoughts? 
I've gone back and forth since the episode started. Yeah. Because I'll say, when the episode, like, when I watched by myself, the Dean was my MVP. Yeah. And the Dean did a great job. Yeah. But I have since shifted. Okay. Um, I think the Dean was great this episode. I also want to give another honorable mention to Troy Barnes. Okay. I think really funny throughout it. He is really funny. But he I gets a nice moment there at the end. Sure. My answer. I think Benjamin Rogers... Benjamin Chang. Franklin Chang, but nice try. Benjamin Franklin Chang is my most valuable player for this episode of Squid Game. <laughs> you know, the more I watched this episode, I did kind of think on the same lines of you that it's a Dean episode and it's a Chang episode. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give my honorable mention to Chang. Mm-hmm. And I am going to give my MVP to the Dean because not nice. only do we get to see him working under distress, we also get a classic Dean costume. Uh, uh, we get the doppeldiener. I, I think it's a great Dean episode, and I'm giving it to the Dean. I understand why you would give it to Chang, mm-hmm. but for me, it's the Dean this episode. Yeah. And that's it. We've wrapped it up pretty quick. I think that does say something about the episode that it is a little bit of a slight one, but it mm-hmm. might be one of those episodes that you as a community fan don't go back to too often, and it's one worth revisiting because it is pretty it is. funny. It's not one of those episodes that's kind of on the the lower half of overall community episodes mm-hmm. that that doesn't hold up upon rewatch it, it does hold up upon rewatch it does and, this was good if you haven't watched it in a while check it out and let us know what you think that being said let's talk about what's to come next week we'll be talking about the first of the final four episodes of community's third season and the last four episodes before the show begins to radically change in a lot of ways for the rest of its the rest of its history. So it's the last four episodes of OG Community, and I'm looking forward to diving into them. And it's making me feel already a little bit nostalgic to like what we've done on this show so far, right? Yeah. It, this section of the show is almost over, and we're moving into uncharted territories. But next week, first, we've got curriculum unavailable to talk about it's the you know next part of this greendale 7 being expelled Mm -hmm. saga and it's also kind of a sister episode to the fake clip show paradigms of human memory so i'm looking forward to talking about it if it's one that you like and if it's one that you want to get involved with our podcast send us in your trivia your episode mvp and your favorite funny moment to can't disappoint podcast at gmail.com we love hearing from you guys to hear your thoughts on the episode and to see if you can stump us on the trivia which you almost definitely can so if you feel like it check us out there and if you really love our show and want to support us really patreon is the best way to make sure that this show continues that we do more shows past this show uh that we're able to make these sound as good as they do and better all the time at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast where you can also get our weekly live pre-show, You Can't Dis a Pre-Show, and all of the back catalog of that that you can listen to as a podcast or watch as videos. Hours and hours of content, including a side project I did called Nerdstalgia, uh, some one-off podcasts Steve and I have done over there, and early access to this podcast almost every week. So check it out over there. Support starts at just $5 at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Steven, where else can the beautiful people find us? Um, if they want to interact with us, Twitter is probably the best place to do that. You can follow us on Twitter over at You Can't Disappod. We're also on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast. And we're on Facebook and YouTube under the whole name of the show, You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. To wrap this thing up, Stephen, from inside the Dreamatorium, Black Lives Matter. And remember that every single one of us is going to die 
all of you that are, that are listening to me right now, Steven, you and I, death is inevitable and horrifying, and we love you. I'm Zach. I'm Steven. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll be back. Take care. Toodaloo. Toodle Dean. Dean Aline. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Stop it.